This podcast is intended for mature audiences. It also contains two British people talking about sex. You know who gives more than 10% to the community? Uh, OnlyFans? <laughs> oh, oh, that's spicy. Let's go. <laughs> Hello. Hello, and welcome to Teabags and Joysticks, the kinky video game podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sai. How are we, Chris? I'm good. Yeah, looking forward to um, going away for a little bit. Yay! Well, yeah, well. <laughs> Holiday! Some, something, something, yeah. Sell the gay! That's how that goes, right? <laughs> it could be, if you want. <laughs> T-Bex and Joysticks does not endorse this position. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I'm looking forward to holiday time, but mine's a little bit further out. Yep. Yeah, but either way, um, you know, it's brighter and everything. So, you know, it's all all looking up. That's fair. I mean, (laughs) given that you're going to be on holiday, I'm going to guess that you're going to have Long Island iced teas. And with that, I'm going to ask you, what's the iced tea? The iced tea, okay. Mm. I, I That's probably how... the most tedious link I've ever done. <laughs> tenuous. Mm. Tedious, tenuous, one or the tedious. other. Okay. Anyway, um, you know, um, you know, it's really important to use the right pronouns, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm curious cool. where this is going. Yeah. So. Um, do you know who the Church of England says needs to um, have? May, may you need to have new pronouns? No. Go on. How has this passed me by? Is God Himself or themselves? I don't know. Um, the Dean of Bristol have recently uh, support a plan to change God's gender. This is a very progressive position for the church. Run this past me again. <laughs> yes, um, the Dean of Bristol. Uh, okay, reported, I got that much. Yeah, yeah. She has said God actually has no gender, so we should not be referring to God as He Him. Okay, so the Dean of Bristol confirms God is a thembo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I hmm. I mean, I, oh, I'm conflicted now. Because <laughs> on the one hand, I want to be like, yes, this is a thing we should do. This makes sense. Yeah. On the other hand, there's the part of me that has got to the point that just flat out rejects religion at this point. Because, you know... Mm-hmm. I did Catholic school and I've come out since, that's all I'm saying, you know? Huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you have me in a logical trap here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's like, um... I don't know how to feel about that. It seems to make sense logically because some, um, you know, human labels should not really be referring to, you know, a deity. I, I... Yeah. <laughs> You've done a very rare thing. <laughs> You've managed to stump me. <laughs> Usually, I've got some sort of like quip or something in the back pocket and I, my brain is running through the Rolodex right now and it's finding blank. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you were wondering where I was going when I, uh-huh. when I mentioned the Church of England, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, the fact that... that... <sighs> hmm. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I yep. that's all I have to say to that. For once, I have no quip, I have no nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Which just, you know, this whole pronoun thing just reminded me that um, 
in the written Chinese language, like God actually has their own pronoun. Oh, oh wait, there I is, didn't know this. There is a special pronoun for gods in general. Okay, quick. I, mm. How is it spoken? Oh, it's still Ta. Of course. Yeah. Of course. E- so for anyone pronoun. who doesn't know, for every anyone who doesn't know, Ta. Yeah. yeah, like In... male pronouns, female pronouns, neutral pronouns, it's Ta Ta Ta. Yeah. In in Mandarin, that is. Um... In Mandarin, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every every pronoun, male, female, animates, inanimates, human, god. It's all just ta, but written down there is a difference. Okay, that's. I mean, the more you know. <laughs> Need to pull in a jingle here. <laughs> Pretty sure that that jingle's still copyright somewhere. Let's. Uh... <laughs> okay. Yeah. God is a, God is a thembo. That that's what I'm taking from. I want that on a t-shirt. I want that. On, I actually, yeah, I want that on a t-shirt. Do you? God <laughs> oh, is a thembo. Okay. <laughs> no, that's not. I wouldn't. That's, that's also yeah. No. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I have for my tea then. <laughs> Fair enough. I congratulations. You found one that I I have no quip for. <laughs> It's like, do I agree or do I disagree? Uh, I yeah, don't yeah. <laughs> but what's your tea today? Um, my my tea is not going to come as a surprise to anybody that knows me, <clears throat> or anybody that has listened to this show for any amount of time, mm-hmm. because I do I want to make that link from from serving the community to to attempting to serve the uh, no that doesn't really work does it? Huh? Ha, have you seen that Manchester Pride has released its ticket prices? I don't know what the ticket prices are because I, I honestly I stopped paying attention to Manchester Pride. <laughs> so did I, and then they announced their ticket prices. Hmm. So it is thirty seven pound fifty for a full weekend pass. Okay. Okay. Which includes... Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm getting to what that includes. How much of that do you think goes to to uh, community? So the ticket price is, what, 30-something quid, you said? £37.50. I would hope a significant amount. Um... You would hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Two pounds fifty. So that's two pounds fifty of every ticket will go directly into the Manchester Pride Community Fund, which is used to grant funds to LGBTQ plus good causes across Greater Manchester. End quote. That is less than ten percent of the ticket price. It is, it is. Manchester Pride handily way above these prices because they spent a long time justifying this first. Of course. Provided an image which I personally find is bordering on deceptive. Okay. Showing the breakdown of a ticket. Now it's it's shaped in the shape of a wristband with the, the Manchester Pride Festival 2023. I'm not going to get started on the fucking festival side of it. My opinions on that are well known if you've listened to this show for any length of time. Uh Kindly go fuck off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Manchester Pride Festival, that is. They list the Manchester Pride Community Fund is £2.50, but it's in such a way that you could sort of misjudge where that starts because of the way they put that on the band. They don't list a percentage of what that works out to be. It's weird they don't use the percentage. Isn't it just? Because you know what they do give percentages for? The 1% that goes to the volunteer programme, 
the 1% that goes to accessibility costs, the mm. 14% that goes to artists and event content, and I'm, I'm listing these as they go left to right, 20% to event production and infrastructure, 4% to waste management and cleaning, 18% to health and safety crowd management, 10% to licensing, uh, sorry, licenses and legal fees, 11% to, to event staffing, 6% to stage lights and sound, 8% to event communications, and 7%, which they handily mark out is free to attend event delivery, to Parade, Candlelit Vigil, Superbia Weekend, Human Rights Forum, Family Pride MCR, and Youth Pride MCR. Right. The community fund is the only thing they don't list a percentage on. What, so they just slap on a, a fixed price on every ticket they sell? Mm-hmm. Is that what, they, what, what they're saying? £2.50 they, of every ticket or whether Whether you're on you know a standard £37 ticket or... Apparently. A, a, yeah, Apparently. Some, some, like the VIP, super VIP tickets. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... The only time that the uh, percentage is higher than 10% mm. is if you only buy the Gay Village Friday ticket. Yeah. So, basically, they're relying on people who are more likely to go to... Well, the, the actual LGBT people who are more likely to go to Pride for Pride rather than the music to pay for the charity stuff. Here's my thing. There's a reason I read those in the order that they're on there. Because here's where I think this gets borderline deceptive. Right. Okay? Not only is there no percentage on that community fund, which, you know, that's a little bit ridiculous, mm-hmm. and do not stand here and claim, oh, well, it's because that percentage will change. No, you've given me percentages for everything else. If you've done it for that for everything else, you can do it for that. Here's yeah. here's my thing. I personally, and I've read the descriptions that they give you, and I'll get into that in just a second. Artist and event content, 14%. Stage lights and sounds, 6%. Event production and infrastructure, 20%. I'm now not reading them in order. I'm just pointing out. I would group all those three together, wouldn't you? Yeah, fair. They're all part of this... Um, Festival mm. ugh, yeah. side of things. Yeah. That's 40% of the ticket cost. Let's also point out your event staffing, your licensing, etc. wouldn't be quite so high if you weren't so focused on putting on a festival rather than a pride. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, right. Which means that in actuality, it's over 40%, in my opinion. Yeah. Of note as well, the way they describe these things, I find fascinating. Because under event production and infrastructure, the way they describe it is thus. The whole event site is built from scratch to bring the garden spaces and car parks to life as an arena to showcase a world-class LGBTQ plus lineup. Fences, toilets, bars, market stalls, dressing rooms, and even the box office are all brought in, especially for the Manchester Pride Festival, to help you enjoy the celebrations in the best way possible. Now, you know, if you jump down just a little bit further to stage lighting and sound, you know, two of the things I said should be combined. Yeah. See if you can spot something. This is the description they give. The whole event site is built from scratch to bring the park spaces and car parks to life as an arena to showcase a world-class LGBTQ plus lineup. We bring in industry-leading suppliers to ensure you enjoy the lineup in the best possible way. Anything that, strike you as quite similar within that? That sounds very similar. Yeah. Doesn't it just? And that's th- those two alone make up 20% of the cost. I will say what I have said on this show before, and I will probably end up saying it again. There is no pride left in Manchester Pride. Manchester Pride has given up on what pride is meant to stand for. In my opinion, and from what I understand is yours as well, but by all means correct me. Manchester Pride is not a pride anymore as far as I'm concerned. It has become an exercise in grabbing money. 
and it has become an absolute shambles of what it is meant to represent. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I am at the point that this is just ridiculous. And what saddens me, what really saddens me is the queer community that, in the circles that I move in, all saw this and went, oh, for fuck's sake, they're at it again. Mm -hmm. But you know when it comes round to the event and it's on mass and it's on the TV and it's on the radio and everything else, guess what? It's going to be marketed as one of the country's biggest prides. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Fuck off. It has given up on what pride is meant to be. Yeah. And quite frankly, less than in the majority of cases, 10% of the ticket cost to community funds in a time when we are at the absolute apex of the struggle for trans rights, etc., when we have members of our community in the most pain that they have ever been and we are facing down an absolute shambles of a cost of living crisis and an attack on our, our uh, well-being mm. fuck off i have no patience for this bullshit any further so manchester pride you can fuck right off yep what i said sorry <sighs> that tea this week's bitter i'm sorry <laughs> no no that's totally Reasonable response to ten percent. Well, don't insult me. Yeah. <sighs> I shall stop ranting now. <laughs> we forgot to introduce what the show was about, Chris, because we I did. was a little bit too wound up. <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Oh, uh, we are talking about um. Dick size, cock size, penis size fetish. <laughs> so I debated whether we should talk about this as a fetish or whether we should just say that this is talk about size in general. Uh, hmm. Okay. We'll see where we go with that. Yeah. Do you have a way that you wish to open us up on this or shall I give us a go? Um, do you need opening up on this? <laughs> yeah, do, 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 do we need opening? Because everyone knows what... A, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, do, do do people not know what, you know, the average dick size is? Maybe you don't. <laughs> I mean, have you spoken to most men on Grindr? Because I don't think they do. <laughs> Honest to God, like, oh, it's like, when you talk to a guy and it's just like, oh, like, I'm looking for a hung guy. Okay. How big is Hung? Mm. Oh, well, 18 inches plus. I was like, okay, I agree with you. That's Hung, but that's not where Hung starts. True. Yeah. Or guys that think that five inches is small. No. No. Like, no. 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 Do you actually know what the average size is? It's probably. It's probably about four and a half, five inches, isn't it? So I looked into this a few years mm. ago because I had access to a university um, library of science documents. Okay. <laughs> nice. Apparently, mm. uh, it is five inches with a 0.5 standard deviation. So Apparently. I'm not far off then. However, I will say this was a sure. few years ago now. Sure. Since that said the average is rising. Interesting. Um, I haven't looked at those papers personally, but I have read a few opinions on these papers, and apparently there are methodological flaws. That said, mm. huge caveat to the five inches with the 0.5 deviance. There's methodological flaws in that as well. Oh, yeah. Penis size research is not well funded. I mean, I wonder why. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I sit I sit here and say this and I guarantee you like there'll be someone out there from Jorix that goes, Well we fund it <laughs> or or insert named brand here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> mm. And I guarantee you every power bottom on, on grind is going, Oh no, that's it's small. Fuck off. Well <laughs> Who who would benefit from cock size research? King three D companies. <laughs> Yeah, like chastity companies and condom companies. Yeah. 
Well, to be fair, the whole sex industry, to be honest. But uh, to be fair, yeah. Like maybe, maybe not the porn industry. Like they, they, they <laughs> wouldn't. Like, oh, yeah. we'll get on to porn inches. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> hell yeah. It's like the porn star that I once slept with, who had who had about six, but according to porn, he had nine. Okay. And I sat there going, "Oh damn, I've got a full one." <laughs> <laughs> So we talked about, well, we know what a, a cock size is, but what is the penis size fetish? What is the fetish about it? So this is one of those things that, like, the obvious one is everyone's going to talk about big dicks. Uh-huh. Everyone's going to talk about, like, well-hung guys, thick dicks, etc. In reality, it goes in, well, just about every direction you can think of. So whether it's someone who has a particular thing for large ones, someone who has a particular thing for small ones, etc. Mm-hmm. Like some people some people will have a particular thing for sort of I don't know, like and then it is long, etc. Like it's basically fetishism around a particular size. Yeah. And this comes okay. with some like major drawbacks. Oh, sure. Or more to the point, this comes with some people that uh treat this in such a way it becomes major drawbacks that's fair yeah because um part of me thinks well is it is it even like that major fetish because oftentimes like fetish is like about things that you don't think is like naturally sexy Mm, it's like i disagree on that well yeah okay but yeah let let me let me carry on with this it's like uh Leather is not, you know, it doesn't doesn't scream sexy, but you know everyone thinks, yeah, penis is, you know, one of the bases of sex. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the bases. So it's it... one of the bases of sex, but they can be quite ugly things. <laughs> like you want to talk about things that are, like naturally <laughs> sexy, like the penis is not one of them normally. <laughs> it's a weird looking fucking organ. Mm. Let's be honest. Mm. However. I would argue with you that it is absolutely a thing that is a fetish because a fetish doesn't have to be something that is out of the ordinary. Oh, yeah, that's why I think you're right. You're mixing, you're mixing up a, a few things here, and I think one of the key things to realise is that, like, in theory, anything can be a fetish. It's a case of it. Is it is it mm-hmm. the focus of your attention enough? Is it the main thing that turns you on enough? Yeah. Like, yeah. For some some guys, like they really enjoy being etched, and that is what they would describe as their kink or their fetish. If for some guys it's it's like they like being tickled, for some guys it's leather, for some guys it's big dicks, for some guys it's small dicks, you know. But I think you have to be more specific than that because I, yeah, because people don't tend to have a penis fetish. That's that's no, just too generic. You have a cock size fetish. Yeah, you have a cock size fetish. Or you know, big dick, small dick fetish, mm-hmm. that that kind of thing. Yeah. I think I think we're just arguing terminology at this point. <laughs> oh, I am, yeah. I am being pedantic. Yeah, just don't enough. you know that? <laughs> but no, like one of the things I touched on earlier, like there is a point that this goes too far as well, and you get people that okay, they start falling into stereotypes that are unfortunately often race based. Oh no! Yeah, we both know what I'm talking about. Anyone who's listening yeah. that's put two and two together knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've both it's seen this firsthand. That... Yeah, some something that has the same initials as the broadcasting company. Oh, that's a bad week to make that reference. <laughs> but no, like whether it's big, big or small, like we've we've seen people use both stereotypes. Unfortunately. And I mean, uh-huh. don't get me wrong, there's some people that like to really play into that. And that's absolute, like oh, yeah. that's absolutely their right, as long as it's them that it affects sort of thing. Exactly. Like, yeah. some guys like to lean into that fantasy of being the big, thick guy, or the smaller, dick guy, etc. And, like, whichever way that ends up floating the boat. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as it's, you know, I don't know. Like, everyone is in with... In with what you're doing, you know, then that's good, yeah. You know, uh, and be gentle about having those conversations for fuck's sake. Because, I mean, exactly. Jesus, exactly. I mean, 
our listeners will know, like, me and you are an interracial couple. We've, we've seen some of this fucking shit come through and the stereotypes that come through <laughs> around size, around role, around sort of, oh, Jesus Christ, the way that some people yeah. go off. I mean, seriously, like, let's, let's, be, let's talk brass tacks. Some people are going to be into that kind of thing, but, my God, have some fucking tact about the way that you ask. Yeah, you don't don't just go. Oh no, yeah. I just, I'm just thinking of how how people could be approached. I'm like, oh no, you don't. You really, really don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, how many guys have we just, like just blocked and things over the years because they've come at it with that approach, like way too heavy for that to be an okay situation to even begin to think about engaging in. Oh fuck! And it's yeah. like bye. <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, like, let's let's talk though. Like, do you have a preference? What big dick or small dick? Hmm. Um, not, not particularly. Like, not particularly. I think all 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 cocks are good. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> all cocks are good. I want that. On t- no, I don't. I, I need to stop saying that because at some point someone will do it. Yeah. <laughs> Although all I don't doubt there's a himbo nice. out there somewhere with that printed on a t-shirt. No, I think all cocks are nice. Um, <laughs> they, like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll even go with like, like, you know, free or in cages or or peers. Like, that all good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, for me, it depends what I'm doing. Quite honestly. Fair. Like, if I'm sucking on a guy, I prefer it smaller. If I'm getting uh, fucked, okay. I prefer it sort of average. Like, I'm not one for a particularly big one. That said, I enjoy seeing a big one. I enjoy seeing a big one jerked off, etc. It's just not necessarily as fun to play with. Uh, I can have a big one in me. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, words he said several times before. <laughs> but no, it's just like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I have played with some big guys, and it's been good fun. Mm-hmm. But so, if if you, if you were to turn around to me and go, right, here's like a a, a big guy, small guy, and an average guy, I'd, like my question to you would be, what are we doing? Because I know that for me personally, like, don't get me wrong, the big guy might be great. Yeah, I know. I personally like need way too much work to get to that point for it to be enjoyable, or at least for for it to be enjoyable immediately. Okay, you know. Yeah, is it a lack of opportunity? No. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm going to say to that is no, because I know what my <laughs> university is were like. Um, <laughs> Oh dear God! If any of my family ever listen to this, um... <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but no, it's like I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. It's just I don't know. Like, the fantasy of the big one is great. In the reality, like I've found that it's often too much for me. Okay, let's dive into this too much thing. Oh god, I feel like I'm on the psychiatrist's couch. Go on. No, just just how on a fetish perspective how you can play into it. How I can play into it. Yeah. I mean it depends how you're asking this question. Because I mean you can play into the idea that sort of if, you know, your partner is a smaller guy and the two of you have agreed to play with like humiliation degradation side you can play with that thing of like oh look at how big that is he's going to be so much better etc but then on the flip Mm -hmm. side you can play with that from a perspective of you know oh look like you're way too big to actually be useful you're just going to have to sit there and jerk off while you watch me cuckold you with this other guy (laughs) you know you can go in both directions with it big dick humiliation is less common but it is a fetish Mm, okay so yeah, so I feel like like you are into this like cock size accumulation, like whether it's big or small, like mm-hmm. way more into way more into it than me. 
I, I mean, think. please just list out my kings. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> no, okay. So I know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, yeah. You, you have. Yeah, just. I don't know. So what was, but why? Why? What's particularly about it that that, like, turns you on about it? So from like, so from my side of thing, you're right. Like, let's add a little more context here. I do enjoy like the humiliation on both sides, mm-hmm. like whether it's me giving it to to a guy that's smaller or a guy that's bigger, but also like being on the receiving end of it, depending on whether the guy's smaller or bigger, depends on what direction that is. And that's just very much that, you know, I don't know, like, with a play partner, it can be that hot subversion, you know? It's that whole thing of, like, you know, if I'm the smaller guy, so, well, I, you know, I thought it was quite okay, and here's this guy that's much bigger than me going and sort of bringing me down sort of thing, (laughs) and that can, like really help get me into subspace sort of thing because i'm that's the thing for me like verbal is a big okay. thing to get me into uh subspace or dom space um yeah. by the same token if i'm the one giving it like i say it's a big thing to get me into that headspace of being more dominant and that thing of you know tearing on that expectation like if the guy's bigger tearing down that whole stereotype of like oh he's the bigger guy he must be in charge this that and the other he's the more desirable it's like no bitch like, you have way too big of a, a, a piece of meat that is, all it can do is just lay there because it's far too useless to be... It's far too useless to me to do anything else with. You know? Okay. Okay. That's it's it. like, it's just oversized and freaky at this point. Why the hell would I let that anywhere near me? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, yes. It, it's, do I need to... I should stop before someone starts jerking off to this. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure sure someone is already doing that. <laughs> if you can, because, you know, sometimes a cog is so juiceless, it get locked into chastity. <laughs> I was about to say, are we turning into teabags and joysticks after dark? But let's be honest, this entire podcast I'm is I'm sorry, yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I think I... Teabags and joysticks only fans, coming to you soon. It's... Um... <laughs> No, that's not happening. Uh, <laughs> it's just ver- it's just various pieces of like verbal humiliation, etc. <laughs> no, that's not happening. That's a joke. <laughs> I think I'll figure out why you're into it so much more than me. Hmm? As I feel like my fetishes are more like physical. Okay. Because I'm I tend to be like into bondage and various touches and, and positions and, and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like concise humiliation seems to be like very very verbal. Mm. Like there is very little to interact, if you like. Well no, I, I disagree. I mean you can do comparison, you can do um, like you say, the chastity side of things, etc. There's definitely physical components to it. Oh yeah, I like. Yeah, you, you notice I like chastity, mm. um, <laughs> right? Um, no, but that doesn't doesn't. I don't know. It that doesn't lends itself to cock sizes. Mm. I can tell you exactly what it is. Okay, because I've spent time thinking about this. Right. It's to do with expectation subversion and power play. Mm. If you look at all of my main kinks, they're all about power play. Yeah. To some degree. Okay. Chastity. Bondage when I do it, although it's a rarity. Verbal humiliation, degradation. It's all about that positioning and that power and that sort of subversion of the equal... I mean, a common thing with uh, the cock size, like, fetish, is also the humiliation side of things. Like, there's that yeah. whole kind of... I was going to say role reversal, but I, I think it depends what kind of the, what side of the fence you're on. So, like, there's the whole power exchange that goes on with a lot of cock fetish of, like, oh, like, they're the bigger guy, they're the more masculine, they're the more powerful, I guess... 
Yeah. If, yeah, you're, if you're doing it from sort of the traditional, he says in quotes, angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is obviously not necessary. Well, this is clearly not the case. That, oh, yeah. Like, who, who has the power has got nothing to do with who's oh, got absolutely. a big dick. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> and, like, I, I will put my hand up and go, so, like, some of the best sex that I've had has been me taking the degradation from that guy in that scenario, because it's that thing of, like, he wanted to play off the idea of me having the big, bigger cock, but being the submissive. It's just like, mm. yeah, I'm absolutely all for that. Like, with the mm. right guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. It's just something you're not expecting. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that thing, like, to me in a scene, like that can be quite hot to have that sort of inversion, almost. That whole sort of yeah. thing of sort of... Okay, well, usually, like, society says I should have control in this moment, but I'm giving up this control, and that just sort of pushes further down into the subspace. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, it feels like like seeing like a really muscular sub or something mm. like that. Yeah, and I think it's also like that aspect of as a society we tie a lot of onus, unfortunately, on masculinity being tied to cock size, etc. Yeah, and so to fuck with that idea, whether you're you're receiving like degradation for being small or being large or whatever, like to fuck with that just kind of reinforces that submission. Okay, okay, that's okay. Uh... I tell you what's interesting. As I've got older, mm-hmm. cock size is less of a thing that you worry about. This is something I've noticed. Like as as I get older, cock size is one of those things that it's just like I don't give a fuck for it anymore. Like <laughs> beyond playing with right. it in a scene because of that dynamic yeah, that yeah, it can yeah. create, it's yeah. not like something that I look for or chase anymore, no, or at least yeah. not as much. In terms of when you're trying to have sex, yeah. Oh. I mean, beyond sort oh. of like. I know that if a guy's over a certain size, I'm going to have to say to him, it's just like, we're going to need to use toys first. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So, you're, yeah, you're, you're not, not basically saying on your profile, you, you, your dick yeah. needs to be so such and such size. <laughs> well, I mean, I never did that anyway, because I think that's incredibly fucking I know, rude. It is, yeah. But sort of the whole thing of, like, if you'd have put two guys in front of me, I might have took the guy with... with the bigger one at the time, you know? Mm. Like, as I've got older, it's been more of a thing of it's just like, okay. Or about the rest. That one might be bigger, but that one looks nicer to have fun Yeah, well, about the rest of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, to be... Honestly, I think... I think if you're only looking for cock sizes, it's... And, okay, let's let's also preface this by saying, like, like... Hats off to you, size queens. Mm. I have loved many of you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, if that's your game, like, I'm happy to provide, but... Yeah, but it's it's almost like a little bit like teenager locker room, that kind of thing. It's like, oh, you're, you're comparing cock sizes in, in, in the changing room. I mean, have room. you met the fucking queer community? <laughs> It's about as bitchy as a fucking locker room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. Okay, I'll take that back. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other side of this is as well, like, you want to talk cock size fetish, like, we've talked about cuckolding before. It's yeah. a big thing yeah. in those circles. Oh, yeah. Now, you look, oh, yeah. you look at a lot of like, cuckold porn that has uh, verbal to it, and, like, Dick size is a thing that repeatedly gets used. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Yeah. This this thing doesn't satisfy me. Yeah. You know, like that one. So lock that one up. <laughs> yeah. And like even if the guy starts off at a good size, it's just like, no, we're gonna look you in a small chested cage because you're not worthy and we're gonna make it so that you've got the tiny dick, sort of thing. It's a thing. Yeah. And the whole 
well the the whole shrinkage is a, in another another um, yeah. fetish in, in in his own right yeah the whole, <laughs> the whole myth of sort of going from like the big dick locking in chastity that's like way too small and it's shrinking and it's just like honey if that's actually a thing which let's be clear it's fucking not the only reason that's a thing is if there is damage which no you don't want that remember mm. please kink responsibly <laughs> like you know it's a it is one of the fantasies that's quite Ooh. common in the chastity community it's one of the it fantasies is. that's quite common in, the, in sort of the cuckold community i mean on the flip side of that like in chastity it's most definitely a thing i've seen like a guy with a really big dick locked in chastity mm-hmm. and i'll be honest i've got off to that multiple times because there's something very hot about that subversion that's fair you know yeah that is fair like yeah just because you have a big dick doesn't mean you get to top mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> someone else just blew a load <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking at you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of there being someone in someone in the audience that's just like oh, shit, they're onto me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you too, OJ. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's Team and OJ just, just looking at each other in mm-hmm. the same room. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, cock size fetish is a thing, and it's something that, like, I'm glad that we've actually spoken about this from both angles because it's just like way too often when you look at any, like, uh, size fetish or, like, penis humiliation side of things it's always sort of focused on oh the bigger guy or oh the small guy is the one taking the humiliation yes. it's like no this shit goes in both directions mm-hmm. it certainly can yeah yeah you just need to well be inventive i wouldn't even basically. say be inventive like if, if you like the idea try no, it you know no, that's a wrong yeah yeah that that's a that's a wrong wrong phrasing from me I don't know what I would be creative with your insults, sure, you know, <laughs> but like, yeah, but yeah, you don't have to go with you know the very yeah. typical kind of um, yeah expectations, basically. And it's just like I, the one that always saddens me is like when you when you get people that turn around and and you sort of you say to them, it's just like, oh, you know, like. How, like when you're looking to hook up and just like oh how big are you sort of thing and they're like oh well guess I'm just like bitch I know what you're feeding into and I don't want to play that game you know it's like mm. okay may- maybe you follow that that particular stereotype whatever believe for you but like I don't want to be baited into that shit let's just talk and then if it turns out you're into that tell me we can discuss sort of where we're going to place limits and everything else you know like mm-hmm. the assumption in both directions gets me. Yeah. Basically, negotiate, people. Yeah. Don't jump to conclusions, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Yep. Quite right. But anyway, I think we have uh, talked to this big thing out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've even covered, you know, the the negotiation side. <laughs> yeah, but okay. Well, no, I'll hold on a moment. Let, let, let's say do this because we do this for every other fetish. So let's do it for this yes. one. What are the downsides? Well, what are the downsides? What are the risks? Well, some some people may get offended. <laughs> absolutely, no, no, absolutely. Yeah. But also on top of that. Like, there's actually a mental health side to consider to this. Mm. It's like if you go and you you make an assumption based on really bad stereotypes, like, you're potentially, like, contributing to someone's difficulty in the mental health side of things. One, because they're always seen as a stereotype. Two, because, you know, maybe they don't live up to that stereotype. Maybe they do, depending on which one you're talking about, yeah. etc. Okay. You know... 
And also, there's the whole sort of... I mean, let's 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 call it the whole sort of ego side of it. Like, mm. how many times have we met someone, and we, I know we've done this, yep. where it's just like, they have a big dick and that's all their personality. Hmm. You know? There was this whole thing that went around a few years ago, big dick energy. And it's just like, bitch, like... Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why is this a thing that we're encouraging? Why? Why is like, oh, you have a big dick, and that's the entirety of your personality, a thing that we're encouraging? Well, so I th- I, okay, this is sidetracking. I don't. I really don't like that kind of body-related insults being used. Yeah. Being used in general circles. No, I agree. I think it's very poor form. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, society has deemed it so. I, I'm, you know, I'll stand here and I'll say I'm, I'm not perfect. I, I you know, put my hand up. The, the, you know, we've all said said something at some point and not realise what we're saying. Sort oh of yeah, thing, but like, yeah. for God's sake, man! Like, I don't know. I just, yeah. My th- the downsides of it is that whole sort of the mental health side of thing and that whole stereotyping kind of thing. And like, let's not reinforce this bullshit. Mm. Okay, great. You've got a big dick. Okay, great. You've got a small dick. Like, I don't give a fuck. A dick's a dick. Pretty much what I said from the top. <laughs> no. no, no, but I, you know, it's that thing. Different pegs for different holes, type of thing. You know, mm. for me, it very much depends what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. But with that, shall we? Uh... Shall we put a locking key on that, as it were, and uh, move on to the five-minute marvel? Okay. Yeah. So. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailer. Indeed. That's a thing. Yeah. Because there is not, not that much else on. <laughs> yeah. I'm, okay. Let me preface this and say that I am looking forward to it. Uh-huh. But I didn't like the trailer. The trailer gave us very little to go on. That's not why I don't like it. That's actually an aspect of it that I do like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I think far too many uh, Marvel movies give too much away in their trailers. They do these days. This yeah. is a repeated problem with the MCU. As, yeah, and I'm since... pretty sure I'm on record on this podcast saying that before. Yeah, I think since Phase Four, they have they have started giving a lot away. Honestly, back since Phase Two. You think so? Yeah. Okay. You go back and look at some of those those trailers, and they give more away than you think they do, mm. or than you thought they did, even. But is it just me, or is there something in the visual to this that has shifted? I can't put my finger on what it is, and I think I've said this before, but every bit of Guardians Three footage I've seen, mm. something about the visuals of it is reading wrong to my mind. You th- oh yeah. I don't mm. know. And I can't put my finger on what it is. I don't know. Is it just the palette is a bit lighter? I wonder. I was going to say, I don't know if it's maybe the colour grading. I, yeah, I, I do. I do think the, the, the yeah, the, the background seems a lot lighter than they, they used to be, given that mm. it is, you know, basically based in space. Uh, you know, very, very dark space. <laughs> it might be. And to be fair, I could see that actually being a thing because one of the criticisms that got levelled at a few of the MC movies, MCU movies was their grading was quite dark. Because mm-hmm. yeah. basically the MCU went through a grunge period, as it were. Yeah. But <laughs> Not mm. literally, but you know what I mean. Um, but no, I mean, it looks like an interesting story. Oh. I, I want to know how many of them are going to die. Yes. Because that's kind of what I got from the trailer. Like, many of them are going to die. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, the, the farewell to the Guardians as we know it, as it's what they're, they're expecting, well, yeah, this movie to be. Well, it's, mean, it's what James Gunn said it was going to be. Yes, but I, I. Maybe this is me reading a little bit too much into Hollywood rivalries, mm. but I'm taking what James Gunn says now with a pinch of salt. 
No, no, let's acknowledge this. James Gunn has gone to DC. Yes, yes, he has, yes. So I'm taking a lot of what James Gunn says with a, with a portion of salt, because I, like, he's now no longer a reliable narrator. True. You know? True. I mean, I think I still... I think I can still count on him on making a good movie or this one. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I think he will have done. I'm not doubting his creative work. Yeah. Don't get me wrong for a second. Mm-hmm. But let's be frank. It kind of plays to his advantage to talk this down just a little bit, considering, you know, he's got an entire universe to build up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, still, I, I still don't think he's going to sabotage this, this one. No, I, I don't think he'll sabotage. I don't know. I'm just... That thing is... And the thing is, like, what is realistically the end mm. as we know it? You know? Because, I mean, Thanos was the end of the MCU as we know it. And save one or two notable exceptions. Like, you know, yeah. the end as we know it isn't that big of a... Uh, I, I don't know, maybe I've just got bored of galactic scale, you know? Oh, yeah, I'm very tired of these. Oh, yeah, the, the universe is ending again. Like, hmm. a kind of kind of story. Like, but this no, is kind of why no, I like Spider-Man. Hmm. Spider-Man brings it back down to that street level kind of thing. And yes, he's had like multiverse stories, but it's the multiverse as it collides with New York. It's not, oh my fucking god, the entire world is a bit... Well, I guess it is, but you know what I mean? It's like, it brings it down to street level. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Which is why I kind of also like the last Ant-Man film like that everyone hated. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it's just something happened down there for a couple of couple of days maybe a couple of hours we don't know and then that's it that's it yeah, right. yeah that, that's fine that's totally fine i will say before we close out though from that trailer karen gillen chris pratt's chemistry is far better mm. than i remember it <laughs> excelsior it almost makes me a little bit sad every time i hear stanley on the end of that now oh <laughs> But anyway, that was the five minute Marvel. I'm yes. sure we will have plenty more to say as that carries on through. Yeah. <laughs> but that means that we're coming towards the back end of the show, Chris. We are. So tell me, since we've been talking about the big ones and the small ones, what's on your joystick? Okay. That was a terrible transition. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel bad for that one. <laughs> I have been playing uh, Hi Fi Rush. Hi-Fi... Wait, okay, so I have to ask. Did you ever play Jet Set Radio Future? No. Okay, then that means that my question's going to be completely irrelevant, because I was going to ask you if this was the Jet Set Radio Future style game. Okay. Please, carry on. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Hi-Fi Rush is the rhythm-based platforming combat game. Okay, so no, I don't think it is. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, there's a game out there that's meant to be like Jet Set Radio Future. I haven't actually found the name of it yet. I've just heard that it's out there. So if anyone knows what it is, please tell me. I'm desperate. Okay. I loved that game as a kid. Sorry. Sidetrack. Back to you. <laughs> okay, so you basically perform perform like combat moves. It's kind of a, a semi beat them up style when, mm. you're, when you're in combat. Uh, you, yeah, you do your you do your your punches and your kicks like to the rhythm of the beat, which is constantly in the background. Okay. And, and for those of you who are not particularly like rhythmic, rhythmical, <laughs> there are so many visual cues on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's kind of when you say combat is to the rhythm. Is it fluid, or is it more akin to... I never actually played it, but I saw trailers, and I'm sure you did. Crypto the Necrodancer? Okay. No, it, it is fluid. It is... Yeah, it is fluid. Um, yeah, but basically, your, your combat moves, like regardless of whether you do it to the beat, it punches anyway. Right, okay. But... If you do it to the beats, you can get your combos together. Right. Okay. Oh yeah, the the story is um, 
the story is this 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 little little kid uh, had to go through surgery and accidentally got a kind of an mp3 player style thing stuck in his chest and that's why he's got all these combat powers apparently that's horrifying <laughs> what the fuck wait what <laughs> yes that, no. that's, that's yeah that's the start of the game who the fuck came up with this kojima <laughs> why just is an evil corporation type of type of thing. So it was Kojima. I haven't got to that bit yet. I haven't got. To, I only finished chapter one. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, in, in terms of the platforming bit, or the environment also moves to the beat. So ooh, after you, ooh, that, that okay, is pretty, it's pretty pretty cool. Uh, I. Platforms can come come out and and you know retract mm. and they they do it to the beat. They okay, uh, but is it you... is it motion sickness inducing? Because no, I don't no, know no. if you remember somebody somebody amigo, but like all of the background in that game would move and dance to the beat, and there was so much movement on screen it made me uncomfortable physically. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Okay. Hmm, okay. No, I don't think so at all. Uh, it's really well done, actually, I think. Oh, I don't doubt it's well done. Like, some of the Amigo was well done, it's just I couldn't play it because I couldn't process that much visual. Which is why I'm getting a little bit hesitant on this one. Fair enough. No, I think... I don't know. It's, I, I'm not you, so... <laughs> For okay. me, it's fine. I'm going to... Mm, okay. I'll go and look that one up after the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I saw a bit of gameplay, uh, so I thought I needed to give this game a little go. And yeah, it's. I mean, really, I'm first first chapter is it has been really nice. I was intrigued until you told me the horror story of how it opens. <laughs> But then you're talking to someone who's had multiple surgeries in their life and like, no, the idea of that going horribly wrong just makes me uncomfortable. But, but okay, I might give that a go. I mean, I say surgery is also, you know, a kind of a split second thing. It, it, it's, it's like a robotized... So, yeah, the, the kid had a broken arm so he needed a robot arm attached to him so it was kind of like in a, in a, in a, like a split second the, the machine kind of goes into him but then this is getting more and more dystopian like the more yes. you explain this the weirder it gets yes it is yes this was Kojima's thing doing, is right? really weird this was what <laughs> Kojima did in, in between Death Stranding etc right <laughs> Because this is just weird. This like the more this this sounds like the recipe for a horror movie. Oh, you know the developer is Japanese, right? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Okay. Now, um... no. The reason I say Kojima is like half of his villain and even his hero's backstories are just like, oh, there was this fucked up thing that once happened to this one person because yeah. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Oh Lord. Okay. That's been my joysticks. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been playing? I don't know whether this counts as joysticks. Well, you better do. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's a game, and there is a digital game of it, so it's technically a video game. Yes, I've been playing Pokemon again, uh... but as in the Pokemon card game. Ah, uh, TCG. Indeed. So years and uh... years and years ago, I used to play Pokemon as a TCG, and it was mm-hmm. good fun. Like we're talking, like. I played it as a teen. I went. I went back to it in my early twenties, and for some reason, I've gone. Ba- I've gone back to it again because I opened a packet of cards and got a very, very rare, like full art card, and 
that apparently was enough to bite me with the bug again. <laughs> so here we are, you know. Mm. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, you know, I was abroad and I was curious to see a set of Pokemon cards in that particular language. And well, the rest okay. is history. Oh dear. Um, but no, like back when I played in my early twenties, they just started doing the online, um, like digital version where you got the pack, the codes in the packet of cards. Um, and for, okay. a, for anyone who wants to date this that knows anything about the TCG, Keldeo drivers were still a thing, which will mean nothing to anyone who has never played the game. But I if you played no the game at that about. time, you know what I mean. And that gives you an idea how long it's been. Um, yeah, but like I've recently gone back to it, and I forgot how it. The TCG makes this wonderful thing of being a ridiculously simple game mm. that can get very complex if you chain the right things together. So okay. it's one of those that's really easy to pick up and just start playing because you follow like what's on the cards for the most part. There's a few rules about what you can put in your deck, etc. But you follow what's on the cards and it tells you everything that you need to know. And their new online version is interesting because you don't necessarily have to spend money to get cards there. If you buy the physicals, you get a code, but also you can play it online and it will start giving you currency you can exchange for cards and for packs, etc. Okay. I'm going to hesitate a little here and go and make clear that, you know, this is free to play in the traditional sense. You can spend money on this. Yeah. There is an element of, you know, pay to win to a degree because, you know, you get the cards you need, mm-hmm. but so is the TCG on tabletop. So, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, well yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially on tabletop, really. Yeah. There's skill in it, don't get me wrong, but like it's that thing oh, of yeah. like, be aware, this is a thing. The usual caveats apply. But it's interesting to have that piece of childhood, like, on the modern side of things. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. No, yeah, nostalgia is definitely oh, a yeah. thing, isn't it? <laughs> and what I like is these. It used to be you could only do the digital thing on the PC. It's now on your phone, and the game is a lot. Lo- it's a lot longer than something like Marvel Snap. It's still like the traditional length of a game. Okay, but you know, if you've got a long bus ride or train ride, well, maybe not the train because you've got connection issues. But you know, if you've got that bit of time and you're just looking for something to just. You know, just a bit of a silly thing to do. It's been a nice trip down memory lane. Yeah. I mean, it would make no sense for them to not put it on the phone. <laughs> let's be, let's well, be honest. I don't disagree. I really don't disagree. But it's, you know... I mean, they're all on the phone now. I mean, um, well, I was playing uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! a few months ago. There's a Yu-Gi-Oh! one on the phone that's actually shockingly good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've okay. not had that much time to actually put into like the big Xbox games, PC games, etc. recently. So like these little kind of this one particularly because it's got a nostalgia hit. But these little games that you can sort of pick up on your phone. Mm. Like I talked about the battleships last episode. Like I'm quite enjoying these. There's, we've I feel like we've reached a point in mobile gaming where as long as the developers don't get too greedy. You yeah. can have an interesting time with quite a few of these. Yeah, I mean that 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 is the primary reason why like mobile gaming has you know, has uh, come such a long way, isn't it? Like, cause... oh yes, that and the absolute explosion of microtransactions, meaning that companies have gone, "Hey, I want a piece of that." Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but I mean, we've get, we've got things like Octopath Traveler has a mobile game. Which I didn't know until recently, and I'm excited to try. (laughs) You know? But yeah, that's been my joystick. I don't know if, like, does a tabletop game that's also a digital game count as a joystick? I guess so. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Why wouldn't it? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just... (laughs) I think we've spoken about Dungeons & Dragons as a joystick before, so I guess, yeah, it definitely counts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But oh, wait, wait, wait. I think we're yeah. at the end of the show, Chris. Okay. 
Yay, we got there Yay. at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, look, it didn't take three months for us to record a new one. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No, I... neither do I. It's, it's, it's no, 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 absolutely <laughs> no one has noticed at all. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that has been the T-Bags and Joysticks uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. It's been an interesting little chat today. Yeah. We we've got we've come in all shapes and sizes today. Oh. <laughs> but if people want to find us on socials, Chris, where can they find us? You can find us on socials, particularly Mastodon at TBNJ Podcast at the Wolf dot group instant. And you can also find all our links lnk.at for slash tbnj podcast that's lima november kilo dot mm-hmm. at alpha tango slash tbnj podcast yes <laughs> aha but for now thank you very much for listening i have been Sai. i've been chris we shall see you next time or speak to you or one of the verbs that go here i can't remember which one bye what bye <laughs> This episode of the T-Bags and Joysticks podcast was edited by TB&J Sai and TB&J Chris. The theme tune is Quarter Conundrum by D.O.A.K. Thank you for listening.